Hi, this is Mark. I'm one of the senior pastors from Hope Church Malmesbury. I want to personally thank you for downloading or listening online to this sermon cast from Hope Church. We, we share these messages because they really spoke to us. We value their, their content and uh, the anointing that's upon them. And I pray that they bring a fresh revelation of God's love for you today. And if you're able to support the work of Hope Church and the cost of sharing these messages online, then you can go to our website, www.thehope.church give and follow the instructions on that page. And if you're every mum's on a Sunday morning, you will always receive a very warm welcome at Hope Church. And now, let's join today's message. Amen. Amen. You'll be glad to know that um, I'm, I'm not preaching on coronavirus, so that's the only mention there will be of it this morning. <laughs> so... I know that this is a given, as I am the pastor of Hope Church, but I do love Jesus. Amen. Right? I mean, come on. (laughs) I just was saying it. We will sing of the goodness of God. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And maybe that is a hard question to answer for you today. Because maybe there's an area of lack or fear, or pain that's masking your ability to sense and smell and taste and see that the Lord is indeed good. But let me share briefly with you why I say he is so good. And these particular, and can I just tell you, and I don't know where to look. I'm having a real problem here. I don't know whether I should be looking at the camera or the people. I'm really struggling. Um, but anyway, can I just tell you that actually um, there are so many things that I could just stand here for about 20 minutes and talk about how good God is because so much has happened this week, even in the last day, um, that just keeps making me go, wow, God is so good. Wow, God is so good. Wow, God is so good. So... I'm just going to share a few things that are relevant to this very Sunday. 35 weeks ago, when we started on the slowest sermon series through Luke that you could ever imagine. And and there you go. (laughs) Trust me, I have to be honest that actually when we started it, I kept saying to Mark, what really? You, You want me to preach on just four verses, two verses. I just gave mum her preaching verses. Do you know that's two verses? Two verses sometimes. This is the slowest walk through a book in the Bible I've ever been on. But God has actually given us some of our best messages ever over these weeks as we've dug into depth into his word. So I know that this is right. 35 weeks ago, No one could have known that we would be restarting in-person church services on this very Sunday. But you know who did know? God, right? (laughs) 35 weeks ago, a preaching plan was laid out. 35 weeks ago, the verses for today were set. And the verses for last week were set. And the verses for the week before were set. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the last two weeks have prepared us to meet together. The, the themes in the text just drew us towards, you know, thinking about how we feel about when we come together and how we're going to behave. Just absolutely awesome. 
that God knew and God placed these verses in position before we even knew. 35 weeks ago, there's no way we knew when we were restarting church. Let me assure you of that. And then, as we were approaching the reopening of Hope Church, Sue, one of our elders, and I didn't tell her I was going to mention this, contacted us with a stirring in her heart towards offering more opportunities for people to come to God specifically looking for healing. And I know that we will start to see some amazing healing breakthroughs in the coming months. How do I know this? How do I know this? Because this Sunday, our first Sunday back together, meeting in person, the scripture that starts us back is a story of healing. So I feel that 35 weeks ago, God had prepared for hope to return with healing in its wings. And this isn't me misquoting scripture. Jesus the Messiah was prophesied to have healing in his wings. And that means dripping from the edge of his robe. We are the body of Christ, guys. We are the body of Jesus Christ. We are clothed in robes of righteousness. So rest assured, church, we come with healing dangling from our hems too. So let's remember one of our key verses in Hope Church, and I bet I can't find it now. I don't even know if it's around us, but it's one that we've used a lot since we opened Hope Church. Isaiah 40, verse 30 to 31. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Now, we don't use that in the terminology of healing all the time, but I think that's what it's saying, okay? You know, that the normal stuff that may overcome you will not overcome you. You will have strength to see through. Hallelujah. So, let's get into today's scripture, the one that was set, you know, 35 weeks ago, And let's just see how awesome and good God is. Luke 6, verses 6 to 11. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath, so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or do harm, to save life or destroy it? And after looking around at them, all he said to him, uh, after looking around at them all, he said to him, stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and disgust with one another, what they might do to Jesus. Let's go through this, almost pretty much verse by verse. Verse 6, he entered the synagogue. Now, the previous verses show that there are religious people starting to persecute Jesus. And they seem to be hanging around looking for trouble, looking for him to make a a mess up, to slip up. Um, And there's an obvious religious resistance here to his ministry. Yet, 
Jesus does not forsake his weekly commitment to attending synagogue. Nothing should stop us from meeting together at church on Sunday. I said it weeks ago, and God won't let me let go of it. I've said it. I'm going to him. I'm writing the sermon, and I'm going, I've said it. And he's going, say it again. So I'm saying it again. (laughs) The custom of gathering is going astray through this pandemic's restrictions. And really, it must not be lost. If Jesus made it his custom to go to the house of the Lord every week, Please be careful of dropping that custom yourselves. If Jesus did it, regardless of his status as God's son, regardless of the critics he might encounter there, and come on, let's be honest, if there's someone we don't want to bump into, that's definitely not going to help us get to church on a Sunday, is it? (laughs) But he came anyway. If he did it, regardless of what he might encounter there, then it must be important. And I know that sometimes we think of gathering together at church as an option. We might see whether we feel like it on a certain day. Do I feel like going to church? Are we going to church? What are we planning this weekend? Are we going to go to church this weekend? What are we going to do? Are we going to go to church? But I want to challenge you. I think in your thoughts, it should be more like brushing your teeth. It's a thing you do because you realised early on that it's better to do it than not do it, right? And when you don't brush your teeth, you get cavities and your breath smells. (laughs) Now, that's a spiritual picture if ever I saw one. So, listen, guys, a Christian who does not keep the custom of going to church can quickly start to develop cavities in their mind will and emotions we sum that up with the word soul little holes cavities little holes where unchecked thoughts have had too much access and have eroded spiritual truths think about it the world feeds us many sweet things that we consume during the week right we need to be on top of our spiritual hygiene and at least once a week Give ourselves a brush over and give God open access to clean up our thinking and indeed refresh us so we smell a bit better. That's just one of the things keeping the custom of going to church can accomplish. Anyway, let's move on in this passage. Verse 7, and the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. The Pharisees watched him. Now, many people were there watching him. He was at the front teaching, it says, okay? So people were watching him. His followers were watching to learn with expectant hearts. What's he going to do next? I'm so excited. I love following this man. Okay, there were new people there who'd never encountered Jesus. They would have been watching him, looking out for miracles and hope they'd heard about him maybe they were all open to God watching with hopeful hearts but the Pharisees watched him to catch him out and like the Pharisees we can watch Jesus and have absolutely no relationship with him we can be in the room with Jesus yet be apart from him in our hearts 
Now, when we allow critical spirits to dominate our heart, our experience of the events themselves in his presence will be skewed. And that's why it's such good practice to brush our thoughts and receive that refreshing regularly and not skip it. Can you imagine? These critics were in the presence, in the face-to-face, in-person presence of Jesus. That means more to us now than it did 18 months ago, right? (laughs) In the in-person, face-to-face presence of Jesus. And they missed out completely of what was on offer in his presence. But what I find super interesting is that the rest of this verse, look back at verse 7, says this, and the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath. This implies they had absolutely no doubt that he could heal. They just wondered if he would do so on the Sabbath, which would actually contravene their Sabbath rules. Oh my. These Pharisees had great faith in Jesus. They knew without doubt that healing is fully possible and really their only question was about the date. (laughs) Oh, that we would have faith like a Pharisee, right? (laughs) In fact, that's what Mark wanted me to call this sermon, faith like a Pharisee. (laughs) There's a lot wrong with that as well, so I'm not going there. (laughs) Imagine if we would come to Jesus knowing that healing is a given, it's just dripping from his hem. It just comes with him. It's part of who he is. And maybe today you are prompted to to have faith a little more like a Pharisee this morning. Um, Know, what you need to know is that Jesus heals and it is a done deal because that's what they seem to know. And then I guess the only question might be about the date. Now, this Sabbath rule, as Mark said last week, uh, was an added extension of God's intention in the Ten Commandments. The point of the no work on Sabbath rule is to free a person up to worship God. It's not to tie their hands so they could do no good work, as uh, no good thing, as well as no work. Now, I'm going to skip around the text just a little bit here because I want to stay on the Pharisees for a moment longer and then get to the good stuff, the healing. So let's head into verse 9. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? The question Jesus asks is making the same point that Mark was preaching about last Sunday. Basically, this is what Jesus is saying. There's never a wrong day to do something good. And that's good news. Because there's no wrong day for healing, folks. (laughs) There's no wrong day. And then, what happens? He heals the man. And I will come back to this. But... Let's look at the reaction of his critics in verse 11. They were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. This should be a wonderful thing. A man has been completely healed. Yet, the religious spirit that definitely comes from the enemy stirred at their hearts and they gave in to anger and rage. This isn't how things should be done. How dare he? We'll have to put a stop to this. 
Now, I can't help wondering if plotting to bring someone down is a good keeping of the Sabbath rules. It sounds like work to me, but hey, that's what they went off to do. And right through the gospel stories, we actually see a nasty, critical and hypocritical spirit played out in those Pharisee hearts. And actually, I think it's very easy for us to turn them into little cartoon caricatures in our head, like the evil little person on the side trying to catch you, Jesus. (laughs) But actually, there but for the grace of God go I and you. I call you out on it. (laughs) Because criticism, condemnation, and disapproval of the things of God are like little cavities into our soul. And we must guard against these because it's so easily done. Let me just name a few things where it's so easily done, at least perhaps for me. It happens when we don't like the way a particular church or Christian speaker does something. Don't like that. No, don't make me feel comfortable, don't like it. It can happen through offence at a particular message. And can I just tell you, this is a huge tool of the enemy. The word offence, the way offence takes hold of our hearts is a huge tool of the enemy. So try and question yourself when you take offence. Take it round. Take it round back to God. And it can happen when we read or hear something about a ministry perhaps we had no opinion of before. But we read or hear something from one of its critics, and now we have an opinion. And it's happening a lot across the body of Christ. It's like an autoimmune disorder. The body of Christ is attacking itself from the inside. Christians are attacking Christians on social media. And I just have to say today, and I I couldn't figure out why I'm going here, so I don't know who needs to hear this, but church, we have to stop And it stops with each one of us, not criticising, not condemning, just because we don't like or don't understand or don't have that revelation. Because chewing on the world's sweet treats and ideas is not the only way we're going to get cavities in our soul. Actually, we can create them ourselves by stewing on something that has absolutely nothing to do with us. You know, when you stew on something, it releases uh, mouth acids, which can bring cavities. So just as you know, every Christian, author, speaker, or ministry has something at its helm. A human. (laughs) Yep, you know the human thing. The fallen, broken, easily tempted, in need of a saviour, human beings just like all of us. And they can't be held to higher expectations than we place on ourselves. And even then, we find it easier to excuse things we might be tempted to do and find it very difficult to excuse the things that we would never do. Children of God, we've got to be better. We have to be better. We must bring mercy, compassion and forgiveness to the situation. You know, we might be sad. There are people who have gone so far astray that they've gone off away from the Christian faith. We can be sad about that. They appear to be getting lost and we can pray for them to be restored. But before I move on, I have to say this very thing because this is so important. It's something that I've had to learn time and time and time again. 
Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's actually wrong. (laughs) Sorry. It's true, and it is true. God does things his way. Through people I might not like, and in ways I might not like. That does not mean it's not of God. There is no way I would ever want to be found coming against something God is actually doing just because I allowed a critical spirit to rise up in me and a a condemnation of a certain ministry. You will not hear me speak like that. You will not. You can try it. You can try try pulling me in a bit if you like. Because I might tell you what I think a little bit. I'm quite outspoken, let's be honest. But I will not fully condemn. I will not fully condemn and criticise another man of God, whether they started out man, woman of God, whether they started out great and have gone astray. I mean, if they've gone astray and I'm worried about you, I might try and pull you back. But, you know, we need to, we need to be careful. So I'm going to leave it there, but let's keep our spiritual hearts and mouths clean and sparkly. Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give give grace to those who hear. That's what we should be talking about, guys, okay? Shouldn't be talking about something that's none of our business, okay? Right. Don't want to take any more time without getting to the best bit of today's passage. The healing that takes place in this story. Now, I noticed three things, and I think these are key for us right now. And I'm so excited about where God is taking us because I feel like we're on a journey. I don't think it all happens today. I'm not expecting everyone laying on the floor fully healed at the end of the service today. That isn't quite where I think we're going, actually. But this is so exciting. I'm so excited to share with you the three things. The man who is healed is at the place of worship, number one. The man who is healed has to do something he can do. And the man who is healed has to do something he cannot do. The man is at the place of worship. Verse 6, on another Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching and a man was there whose right hand was withered. The man received his healing that day because he showed up at church. I'm just saying it, not going any further with that again, but I'm saying it. It's there. Verse 8, he said to the man with the withered hand, come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. Now, Jesus asked the man to stand and move. And sometimes... And I really felt this so strongly as a stirring in my spirit. And if anyone wants to know some healing testimony from my own life, I can share it with you. But sometimes we have to make a move towards our miracle. The man was asked to do something he could do. There's nothing wrong with his legs. He could stand and move forward. And I know that when there's an area of disability or sickness, we prefer to stay hidden But in my experience, many times Jesus asks you to come out of your comfort zone, to move into his healing zone. This is because when we leave comfort, we walk into trust in him only. And I expect 
because I know, because I've responded to altar calls before, and this is similar, um, I expect that as this man moved forward, our hope will have started to gather in his heart, and faith was literally growing as he moved forward with each step of obedience. Now, your personal journey towards healing may require different steps. It might not be that you're called out to the front of a service, but I am almost completely certain that you will be called away from your safe and comfortable places. A member of our church, a member of our fellowship, Sue, uh, not the elder, another Sue, um, (laughs) received healing from hearing loss in one of her ears at her baptism. Now, she had to remove her hearing aids, um, which made her nervous, because in order to remove her hearing aids, which she had to do in order to put her head underwater, it made her nervous because she wouldn't be able to hear what went on properly beforehand before she was dunked underwater. And this made her very uncomfortable. But she removed the hearing aids in order to be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ, in obedience to Jesus Christ. And she immediately received full healing in one ear. One ear completely opened. Now, I don't know if you even know that, okay? But now you know that. Yeah, I'm getting that picture from faces I'm seeing around here. And it has never closed up again. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Amen. Yeah, amen. That's what happens when we leave our comfort, when we take hold and say, I'll do what I have to do and what I can do. And we take our comfort away. However, so so the man could do this. He could come to the front. However, the next thing Jesus asks of him is something he cannot do. Verse 10. And after looking around at them all, he said to him, stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored. The man with a withered hand is told to stretch out his hand. Jesus is asking for something the man just cannot do naturally. And that, well, you know what the man doesn't do? He doesn't go, well, I can't until you heal me. Instead, he pushes his hand outwards in faith and I imagine he must see the miracle happen before his very eyes as the man pushes through the thought that he can't he finds he can and his hand is restored I've got goosebumps I am so excited about what God is saying to us today And there is a lot in today's message, and I hope I haven't meandered away. I said to Mark, I don't want to take away from the healing. The healing's the best bit, but I think we had to meander in other places too. So let me just remind you of what we've been talking about. Cavities are not just for our teeth. They can be found in our soul, and that's our mind, our will, and our emotions. Soul cavities can be formed by chewing on too many sweet ideas from the world without brushing regularly at church, sitting under the ministry of fresh revelation and the powerful words and songs of God on a Sunday. Soul cavities can also be formed from the acid we release when we get critical and stew on things that really are none of our business, from our disapproval and our dislike of things that we see in the body of Christ. I want to encourage you to have mercy 
and move on for your own health, your own spiritual health, and for the greater health of the body of Christ. Allowing the world to shape our thinking will cause us to have thinking with soul cavities. And those soul cavities could prevent us from receiving healing. If the man had allowed his natural understanding to overtake his faith, he would have said, I can't. And he wouldn't have pushed his hand out to quite literally take hold of his miracle. So my message today is, don't let any cavities break into your soul. And the best way to do that is to avoid things that cause soul cavities in the first place and keep brushing regularly by coming to church and giving God access to clean up your thinking and refresh you. I asked the question last time I preached, what's church for? I suspect it's partly that. And if you need healing in your body, I believe that God wants you to ask him about some steps he has already asked you to take. There are some, there's some movement he asked for that you may not have taken yet. Jesus might ask you to take steps out of your comfort zone to receive your healing. And I want you to be prepared because you might even have to attempt to do something you think you cannot do in order to see the fullness of his healing taking place. And I didn't have it in my notes, but I have to say this. You know, this might be that you receive your healing this week. This might be, it doesn't have to happen in here right now with an elder with a hand on you, okay? Let's all get past that, okay? Who is the body of Christ? We all are. Who has healing in their wings? We all do, okay? It's there, it's dripping from you already, okay? So I want you to take this week and take those steps that God is calling you to, to see the fulfillment of his healing. And I'm expecting to hear from you. I want to hear testimony coming back at me. I believe that today, at the start of your journey to that full healing... As we clear up cavities in our mind and our mind starts to come into agreement with Christ that we would have the mind of Christ, let's pray together. I think it should be on the screen. Let's pray it together. Father, I thank you for Jesus and the healing that he won at the cross for me. I know that cavities in my mind, will and emotions can be barriers to my ability to reach out and take what you have already won for me. I declare that today I am a child of God dressed in robes of righteousness and I have healing dripping from my hem as part of the body of Christ here on earth. I will not attack the body from inside. I will promote mercy and unity and be a healthy member of this body by keeping a regular routine of spiritual hygiene weekly. Amen. Amen. And I bless you, church. I bless you. Father God, I thank you 
for the opportunity to come together this week, this Sunday. I pray that we are never have our doors closed again. I pray, Jesus, that you will have your way amongst every person who has gathered this morning and every need that is in this room will be fulfilled, Lord God, that they will know the answer to the question or the, uh, the way forward in their situation. I pray for your anointing, Lord Jesus, on each and every person watching us later today. Lord, I pray that you will keep us from fear as Sue started this whole message with. Lord, we do not want to fall to fear. And we want to be in perfect peace in our minds and hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you.